world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. kind of forget don't we we kind of forget i don't don't even know if we could ever even imagine what a horrific death crucifixion must have been and again that's one of the things that uh that in this i was watching i was watching a more good morning going to do communion get get some communion i was watching a uh, video this morning with joel osteen and uh the message coming out of most of our pulpits is just it just absolutely is I'm sorry, it's just, it's so, it so cheapens, so cheapens what we did, what we just saw. That was a reenactment of the Passion of the Christ. That's 2004. I can't believe that would be that long ago. And to think that uh, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of his pieces upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. That sin was so deadly and ugly that that was required. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And as I've often said to many of you, I've said here on the show many times, I, I, uh, 
one of the few things that I'm grateful of my Catholic upbringing about is it taught me the fear of the Lord. I was in the Catholic Church a long time. Michelle and I actually were married in the Catholic Church. And uh, I always had great reverence and great respect. I, never, I didn't know the Lord. I'd heard about him. I, I knew all the catechism of the church. I knew all the rules and regulations and everything we were supposed to follow. And I was thinking how normally on, on uh, Good Friday, you'd go to church and I'd do the Stations of the Cross. And a lot of the times I'd be in Latin. I didn't even, didn't even know what the heck they were doing. I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I understood the crucifixion, but I didn't understand. I didn't understand it. And uh, I don't I don't know where you are in your walk, but I know this. I found Christ outside the church. Did you hear that? I had all the religious training, but I met the Lord outside the church. And I've been fighting ever since to try to get him back in the church. <laughs> I mean, the real him, right? The real him, the warrior him. That's kind of that's kind of been my my struggle. That's kind of been my focus, my plight, if you will, for the last long time, long time. We're going to take communion here in a minute. It's kind of appropriate after what, what we just watched. I get uh, I get the honor to go with my uh, my buddy Pastor Tom Gill every year. Pastor Tom Gill and a group of people from his church walk the cross. The circum they circumnavigate Buckeye Lake. Jonathan, I don't, if you're, uh, but dude, I'm going to see how good you are. Can you pull up a map of Buckeye Lake? You say, Coach, where would I ever find that? We'll type in map of Buckeye Lake. And I'll show you what we're, what we're going to do today. We, he divides it up to, you know, gets volunteers and people go out and they actually take the, take the cross and they walk around Buckeye Lake carrying the cross. Because Tom's church is on the, uh, what would be the south side of Buckeye Lake. They start over there. Jonathan's looking hard to try to find it. If I'd been prepared, I'd have had that. There, there it is. Okay, just blow, blow up one of those pictures, if you will, uh, Jonathan, so you get a feel for what we're talking about. So uh, Buckeye Lake is on. As, you, as you're looking at the lake, John, do you have a pointer? I'm going to try to help you direct your pointer a little bit. I don't know if you do. It doesn't, as I point right there at uh, what would be 10 o'clock, that's sky high up at the top. At the top, that's where sky high would be. Yeah, come on over here, Johnny. Come on, no, no, clear on over here. Clear on over. Come on over, no, no, over here, over here, over here, over here. Come on, over here, over here. Now you're going the wrong way, dude. You're going the wrong way. There you come on over there. There's Sky High, all right? There's Buckeye Lake. Tom Gill is across the lake. Come across Lake John. Go across the lake. Okay, now go about midway. See, I need a pointer. And that's Fairfield Beach. So that's where we'll start. We'll start over, John. John's not doing a very good job because he doesn't know where Buckeye Lake is. It's not his fault. So we're going to start over here on there. You see his pointer? Okay, we're going to call that Buckeye. We're going to call that Fairfield Beach. Okay, that's sort of where it is. And then, then Tom gets group and he walks all the way around the lake as a witness. So I'm going to be doing that. I have to jump in at, at the end of the show and go do that. So that's what Buckeye Lake looks like. That's Sky High over looks Buckeye Lake. Just trying to give you a feel for what's going on. So Clockwise. Or counterclockwise? Uh, I think we're going to go, that's a good question, counterclockwise, uh, clockwise. Boy, that's a never thought, Mark. <laughs> hey, I think he goes clockwise. I'd have to ask Tom, but that's what's going on. So I'm going to do that. Uh, uh, a public, dem- Tom, you know, it's a public demonstration. Do you, do you know something? I call this a silent gospel. The silent gospel as far as when you see it, when I first started doing it, you didn't really have to explain it a lot of times. People would stop uh, and ask you sometimes. I've had people stop and give me water. There's a, whoever's carrying the cross um, has always blessed. There's a few on here that have done it. and um, I've done it now for over, I don't know, probably 25 years. Um, at places, but here on the lake, and I used to do it by myself as far as carrying. And uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, Okay, time to hear about, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. Uh, the Lord said, Okay, now uh, other people want to help you, other people want to join in. And there's been some years I didn't even get a carry it coach. <laughs> I just, you know, people, you start carrying it, and people say, Hey, uh, can I go a little further? 
and I'm saying, yeah, yeah, that's good. And uh, it's kind of different. The cross isn't a small one either. It's a, and we don't have a wheel on it. And I don't make it to be some sort of uh, torture device for ourselves, but really it is. It is a torture device. We want people to see, I want them to see it as uh, when it drags, it kind of makes that noise like um, in that. So when people see it, um, you, you know, you, you have literally, you don't have a gray reaction coat. It's not a gray reaction. You are either hot or cold about it. People, and the majority of the times we've had people pretty positive about it. Yeah. And um, this is silent. But, with, silent be, be, you know, amaze yourself. Yeah, it's a yeah. Silent you don't have witness. to say it. You just walk to remind people of the culture. Our culture says today's Good Friday, right? And so you you know again we don't get theologies of it. So you work with what people know. Okay, Easter and this, and it brings them back to the bottom line of what. It's not about lifting up the gathering or coach or. Uh, anybody, it's about lifting up the Jesus Christ and literally doing what Jesus said. Pick up your cross and carry. And if you simply do that, you know where you're at. Put together two long two by fours or whatever, and it's a kind of an amazing thing what God can do with just that. God bless you guys. I have a bunch of work to do before we get started. So Tom, it's uh, it's the lake's ten miles long, so I assume it's over twenty miles to walk around that thing, huh? It's twenty eight miles because see we don't. We don't skirt the shoreline. We have to walk out about it a little bit. So it's actually close to 30 miles. But uh, yes, <laughs> I've driven around and it's around 28. Amen, so, baby. Amen, amen. So we're, we're going yep. to, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. So I I, I, I was all screwed God up. I'm looking, I'm looking at the lake from the wrong way here, folks, to be honest with you. But anyway, that's what that's what we're going to do. All right, cool. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Joe, now that we've seen what happened on Good Friday, lead us through communion. Can, hey, folks, you ever been betrayed? You ever really been betrayed by a friend? Is there anything worse than betrayal by friends? I don't know if there is. So sometimes I think, you know, I'd rather be, I'd rather be whipped than to go through a betrayal by a friend. And we know that that happened. We know that his, his disciples, all, all of them fled. All of them fled, left him all by himself. So uh, betrayal is part of all this stuff. Crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I live. Yeah, not I. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, Roger, I, I, I saw that question real quickly. Uh, how long does it take? Is that, is that what it was? Uh, how long does it take? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to do about an hour of it. I'll, I'll walk an hour, and then I'll hand it off to somebody else. And Michelle's going to go with me as well. So Michelle and I will be out there doing it. And Tom's got to divide it up. Go ahead, Joe, man. I'm sorry. To- Good morning, Coach. Good morning, Coach. Uh, yeah, if we could have... Uh, let, let me kill this something. I have a backup microphone. I had to... I'm not going to use the backup now. Um, if we could have Romans 5, 6 to 11, please. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. In due time means it was the right time. It was not it's due time. It was the right time. And only ungodly coach could do what we just saw that little video of, if you think yep. about it. For scarcely a righteous man what will one die yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die but god commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him amen For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we should be saved by his life. Amen. 
And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now have received the atonement. And if we could go to 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26, I'd like to also start with a prayer. Dearly Father, we come to you on this most special of days for Christians and for mankind, remembering what, how you sacrificed your body for us, how you shed your blood willingly for us, how you endured these stripes long prophesied before you had to experience them, Lord, for us, for our sakes. And we are so grateful that we have a God who gave his only begotten son for us. And so, Lord, we examine ourselves as we take this Holy Communion on Good Friday we ask you to forgive our sins and our transgressions and to bless this bread and this and this drink representing your body and your blood. We are so grateful that for the opportunity to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ on this day. And we we are amazed with the, the plan and the intricate plan of how on the Passover, on on the eve of the Passover Sabbath, so many years ago, the pure Lamb of God, the only perfect man, was sacrificed, sinless, bearing those sins of us all. And we cannot fathom this but we try to appreciate and understand as best we can. And so bless us this special weekend. Keep us all safe. Help us to be who you want us to be. And Lord, help us to surrender a little more each day so that occasionally from moment to moment, someone may recognize you in us. Thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Grace ain't cheap, boys and girls. We got a culture of cheap grace, but grace ain't cheap. Go ahead, Joe. So, um, Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, Ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Thank you, Joe. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, everybody. Have a great <coughs> resurrection weekend. Amen. Thanks, Joe. Excuse me, wrong pipe. Uh, if you would, uh, Jonathan, bring up uh, Psalm 22 there with Rochelle. Play that at about the 1.5 speed. <clears throat> this couple years old, Ms. Rochelle made this video. of Psalm, Psalm uh, 22. <clears throat> I sped you up a little, Rochelle. Hi, guys. Happy Easter Sunday weekend. Um, I wanted to put out David's Psalm 22 because it is a very prophetic song that 
our beloved King David wrote at least 500 years before. 500 years before the crucifixion. Um, David is predicting it. In this psalm, it begins, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And these are the words that Jesus cried out on the cross. So every Jewish mind there would have automatically remembered David's psalm and what it meant. So, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You are so far, excuse me, so far from saving me, my God, my God. I am crying out today, you do not answer. Through the darkness of delay, the enthroned Holy One, the praise of Israel, you set the captives free, and yet you sacrifice me, my God, my God. I am scorned by everyone, they mock my burdens. They insult the chosen son. I see my mother. Her tears fall to the ground. These beasts surround me. Yet you don't make a sound. Poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart has melted. My soul is at the breaking point. The tongue is thirsty. The dogs have surrounded me. They've pierced my hands. And they nailed me to a tree. My God, my God. All my bones are on display. My God, my God. They divide my clothes today, my strength, my Lord. Deliver me from the sword, my soul is longing to sing David's precious chord. Hallelujah, I sing to assembly, hallelujah. He finally turns his face to me, for those who fear you. I fulfill all my vows, the earth remembers. And every nation bows, my Lord, my Lord. The future knows my decree, those yet unborn. Will hear of my victory. So, um, read Psalm 22 this weekend and share God's love with your family. He loves you guys. He's crying out on the cross. <clears throat> he was thinking of you and me and all of us and our souls, and He went through hell to save us. God bless you all. Amen. Thank you, Rochelle. But I asked the question again. You know me. I'm always asking the question, why did he save me? Why did he save me? And that old song, uh, you were on his mind when he was on the cross. That all sounds good. But see, look, folks, it's about the, uh, I was going to try to behave this morning. It's about the creating of a kingdom. And it's about getting men saved and women saved to be on his team to to annihilate the works of the devil. Do you understand this? There was more than love that was at work here. Yes, Jesus. I heard people say, well, if it was just little, if it was just you, just you, Jesus would have died on that cross. Well, that sounds good, but I don't think that's true. He's building an army. He's building a kingdom. And everyone who comes to Christ, you don't come to Christ just because of his love for you, which is certainly the why he went to the cross. But he went to the cross to what? To free you from the kingdom of darkness and put you on his team so his team would crush the kingdom of darkness. Just, come on! Come on! He recruited you! 
He's putting you in the game. Can you imagine the Ohio State Buckeyes coming by and recruiting you and then not putting you in the game, taking you to the, taking you to the field, making you sit in the stands and watch the whole game? You said to the Coach Day, the coach at Ohio State University, hey, Coach, I came here to play. He says, no, no, you sit on the bench. I'll do the playing. I'll do all the playing. You sit over here and cheer. You come here, you tithe, you give me money, and you just sit there and fold your hands, and I'll do all the playing for all of you, and uh, then someday you all get to go to heaven. That's, that is ludicrous. Boom. But that's the message that they tell us at Christmas. I'm not making fun of you, Michelle. That's the message they tell us, that Jesus died just because he loved us. No, no. First John Chapter 3, verse 8 says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And how's he going to do that? By recruiting soldiers in the army. (laughs) It's a natural world. It's a natural world that needs to be conquered for our king. It says right here, where was I? Psalm 22. Uh, uh. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's. And he is the governor among all nations. You don't hear that in church. We think it's just salvation because, oh, he just loved us so much. He wanted to keep us from hell. And yes, he did. But he, he, he wanted to destroy the works of the devil. And how was he going to do that? Well, he's going to, he's going to recruit workers. He's going to recruit little soldiers. And together, this army, we are an army marching as we're an army. Doing what? Destroying the works of the devil. Okay, I got that off my chest. I'm just telling you, if, if, we, were to, if we were to preach this conquering king message our churches would fill up well i'm gonna let i'm gonna let you ponder that one a minute if we were to preach a conquering king people would line up to be part of it we preach a gospel that draws sissy men not women draws men and makes them sissies draws men and makes them womanly so that's 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 why we're in the mess that we're in, and uh, we're an army serving a conquering king. Wow! If we could, if we could get that one. All right, I got I got some stuff I want to show you here today, even though it is Easter weekend, whatever, whatever the heck that means. Um, you hear it all the time: binary, binary. I'm a pretty smart guy. And I was, I was listening to something today, and I thought, wait a minute, time out a minute, time out a minute. All these trannies and all these homos, sorry, are going around talking about their non-binary. Now, that was one of those words that just kind of went over the top of my head. I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a wordsmith. I love words. And I thought, binary, like a biplane? Like bivocational? Bi meaning two, two. Is that what it means? Two binary, two. Somebody's non-binary. They're non-two. So I looked up binary, and it says down to the very bottom there, binary number is that which is composed of two units. Well, the human species is composed of two units. You might know what those two units are that the human species is comprised of not just a human species, but all naturally reproducing are, I hate to tell you this, binary. Meaning what? One or the other. You're either or. You aren't both. So when people say they're non-binary, they're telling you that they're creating something other than just two. They're not just male and female anymore. Right? They're non-binary. Well, who the hell told them that they could be non-binary? Where did they they come up with that voodoo science? 
and the voodoo science being so wicked that they're now teaching it to your children to where your children now believe something is non-binary. So I was watching Matt Walsh today. I love Matt Walsh. I don't know if you guys do or not. Pull up Matt Walsh. I'm going somewhere. So Matt Walsh is talking to a transvestite. Hey, Jonathan, see how quick you are. I bet that word isn't even in Webster's, is it? Transvestite. Trans means across, right? Nah. Hey, Jonathan, put up vestite. See if that's up there. Vestite. Probably isn't. It's a made-up word. Most of what we have is made up. Vestite. And it ain't even a word. Ain't even a word. So, John, go to dictionary.com and see what transvestite means. We used to call them cross-dressers. We used to call them freaks. They still are, by the way. Cross-dressers, freaks. Definitions. What's a transvestite in psychiatry? (laughs) There you go. Talk about voodoo science, right? A person, especially someone assigned male at birth, (laughs) who assumes the dress and manner usually associated with a different sex for psychological or sexual gratification. That's a transvestite. Cross-dressers in modern vernacular. If you go ask your dad, what's a transvestite? He'd say, that's a cross-dresser. That's a cross-dresser. They've been around for a long time. Transvestites. And only 20 years ago did we decide, hey, uh, these are real normal people. So we better start honoring these these weirdos, these freaks, these, these mentally deranged, demonically influenced people. Somebody say amen. It's picking it up other than me. You know what I'm talking about here. I'm just talking straight here. I'm just using real Coach Dave man language, the way people amen. used to talk, amen. right? Before they told you you weren't allowed to say those kind of things. I still say those things. Because uh, words mean things. Words have meaning. So Matt Walsh, who wrote the book, or uh, did the movie, What is a Woman? And uh, we we saw the uh, new Supreme Court justice couldn't even define what a woman is. Couldn't even define it. So don't, Matt Walsh gets in a debate with this uh, sick, sick, sick human being. And I want you to listen. Folks, this is to learn. Okay? Learn. Watch how Matt Walsh unashamedly pulls down the pants of this transvestite. Go ahead. How would you define a woman? Because you've asked other uh, people up here to define how we would define a woman. How would you define a woman? Hang on. I'm going to have you start it again. Yes or no, folks? Yes or no? When you look at that person that's talking to Matt Walsh, don't you just normally look at her and say, him, whatever, say, there's something wrong with that. Is that a man or a woman? Uh, mm. Don't you just innately think something's wrong with that guy? Don't you, right? Why do you think that? Don't because you. it isn't normal. It isn't normal. Yeah. All right? It isn't normal. Why can't we say that? Not normal. Not normal. Cutting off your penis. Not normal. Okay, start it again. How would you define a woman? Because you've asked other uh, people up here to define how we would define a woman. How would you define a woman, Mr. Walsh? Uh, An adult human female. And how don't trans people... How doesn't a transgender woman fit that definition? Female. Because they're not, they're not female. They, they, they have, they have, you said that you are a biological male, correct? I said I'm transgender. Um, I might be intersex for all we know. About uh, almost as many people in the world are transgender as intersex. Gobbledy and well, a lot of people don't know. Well, but that's a different conversation. Intersex, that's a genetic anomaly. That's a medical condition. So let, that's a completely different conversation. That's also not a, that's not a third gender. That's just a, that's a genetic anomaly that occurs within the sex binary of male and female. Um, a, so you, what you're saying is that a quote-unquote trans woman is a female? By the definitions I'm familiar with, yes. 
So how would you define female? Through my training in healthcare, there are several different categories for how we define sex. People bring up chromosomes. People also bring up hormone levels. People bring up all sorts of other categories. Lots of people don't fit neatly into a gender binary, even people we don't consider to be intersex. It's a complicated spectrum. It, it's not complicated, but you also didn't, you also didn't define. To, so what is, what is a woman? What is a female? What, are, what do these words mean? It's complicated, and I know you're not going to like that answer, but that's because there are no simple answers in human biology. Let me ask you a question. You guys, well, you one hang question. on. I, just let me finish. You guys like to bring up high school-level biology classes a lot. I get that a lot. But people who go on to more complicated biology classes will talk about sex as a spectrum. It's not. It's not. Well, biological researchers would disagree with you. Well, and they're full of shit, the ones that would say that. There's... There are... All right. There are male gametes and female gametes. Oh, I had one, I had one last question. I just have one, I have one quick, can, we, can, we, can you come back for one second? Because this is an important question. You said you're an EMT. Yes. Okay, if you're responding, you're responding to a health emergency. Biological male, somebody with a penis, is, uh, is having a medical emergency. And they say to you, um, I think I'm having a miscarriage. Would you, would you check them to see if they're having a miscarriage? Would you consider that a possibility for them? Look. <laughs> no, but that's because some people don't have body parts. Doesn't mean they're not a woman. Okay. Sounds like we've established there are some people who, in principle, can get pregnant... And there are some people who can't. So there's two categories, otherwise known as binary. Lots of women can't get pregnant either. Yeah, but they're still of the nature to get pregnant. The only but reason they can't get pregnant. Yes, but truth they... matters, right? It it does. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. Truth matters, and they can't okay. get pregnant. I... That's the truth. So how are they still women? Because they are. For for this for the same reason for the for the same reason that I that I can rightly say that human beings have two legs, and if a person is born with only one leg, that doesn't call into question the statement that human beings have two legs. Okay, a person being born with one leg doesn't mean that now legs are on a spectrum, and we can't say we can't say anything at all about how many legs a person has. Who knows? They could, have, they could be a centipede. You know, they could have a hundred legs. No, we know human beings have two legs. If a human is born without two legs, something went wrong. They were supposed to have that second leg. Something went wrong. If you, if you, if you meet a person on the street who only has one leg, maybe, maybe they had an accident. Maybe they were in war. Maybe, maybe, some, you know, maybe they were in a car accident. Maybe they had cancer. A leg was cut off. But you know that something went wrong because of the, by their nature, they're supposed to have two legs. Same thing for a woman. A woman, by her nature, can get pregnant. A man, by his nature, never can. So if you meet a woman of childbearing age, say she's 28 years old, and she can't get pregnant, you know automatically that something has gone wrong. And she can go to the doctor and find out what that thing is, even if they can't fix it. So... That proves that women by their nature can get pregnant because the simple fact that she can't shows you that there is something wrong. This is what is known as the exception that proves the rule. Whereas if a male with a penis can't get pregnant, no doctor on earth is going to run tests to see what's wrong with him <laughs> because they already know it's that he's a male and there's only male and female, those who can get pregnant and those who can't. So, right, that's it. That's... Pretty simple, huh? Pretty simple. Amen. Boom. <laughs> Uh, boom, boom. And see, what we have done, folks, what we have done, Christians in particular, we have failed, number one, to educate ourselves, to be able to enter in this debate. And number two, publicly stand up and say, as Matt Walsh said, you're full of shit. That, that, that isn't even possible. Medical science, right now, medical science, anywhere you look, takes a male and a female to reproduce. Binary is the standard. 
But see, they create words, non-binary. They, they, they create all these words that are gobbledygook that we are not smart enough to be able to weave our way through and get right down to the nitty-gritty male, female, period. And then why don't we enforce that? Why don't we enforce that? Hmm? I don't know. That that's that's the debate. Come on in, Roger. I got another good one for you. Hang on. Go ahead, Roger. Dave, I think it's time we stop hiding around what it is. It is a mental illness. Yes, it, it is. It's a sickness. It Amen. is a sickness. It is a mental illness. And up until about the 1950s, a man getting on with another man was a mental illness. And a crime. And a crime. But this transgender, it's a mental illness. We've got to stop playing around. Just call it what it is to them in the public. But Roger, they're doing everything they can with their friends in Congress to legalize this mental illness. Friends, don't miss this. Don't miss this. This is demonic, folks. This is the demonic playing out before our eyes. And Christians have been duped into believing that we have to accept the demonic. Don't Come on, come on. But Dave, that plays into love everybody. Yes. And it plays into the only way you can bring a person to Christ is to accept them just the way they are. Right. And we're going to love them into Christ's arms. And what we're going to do is we're going to run them and railroad them right into hell. That's where they're going. It is a mental illness. Roger, we're going to we're going to carry them into hell. We're, we're going to allow the Roger. We are allowing this to be taught to our children. I got a video to show you here in a second. Go ahead, uh, Revelation twenty fifteen. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, Coach. Uh, how come we don't see more people, especially on our side, just try to love them? And I don't mean the whole churchy love, love, but in a loving manner, tell them, hey, you know, I'm sorry you made this decision, but you can come back. You don't have to be this way. You weren't made this way. Instead of trying to be like Matt Walsh and rationalizing, hey, you're not a woman, uh, and also using this language that it's a mental illness. I don't believe it's a mental illness. I believe they're under demonic attack, maybe even demonically possessed themselves. So yep. I think, you know, <clears throat> but, but, really but doing... we have to understand that we have, we've separated the demonic from odd behavior. See, we've, we've separated those two things, cause and effect. Because we've eliminated God, therefore we have eliminated the devil. We've eliminated good and evil. Therefore, we from what position do we say to somebody that's that's demonic, that's evil, that's demonic? Hey, yeah. If I if I have a shortness of lithium in my system, okay, it's going to affect my overall thinking. Okay, that doesn't mean it's demonic. It means my body is missing something. Mm-hmm. That makes me not able to handle certain things. That is not necessarily a demonic thing. So every time there is a mental health issue, it's not always demonic. There could be something lacking in that person's body that they're limited in what they have as far as. So, but I think it is clear there's a mixture of evilness in this transgender yes. homosexuality of it is a mental illness, period. It was classified that for two, you know, 1,800 years. But there's also a mixture in there of evil, I believe. I, I, would, I would agree with that, Raj. But see, here's what, here's what happened. Somewhere along the line, the church stopped calling evil evil. That, that's, how we, that's how we got in this mess, folks. The church, who was the salt of the earth, the light of the world, the barrier between good and evil, endorsed and accepted evil out of a false sense of love. The Bible says, in the Lord loves, he chastens it. Right? Uh, 
you're not a very good parent if you don't correct your kids, right? Amen. Amen. Oh, I got something else. I got a I got a dilemma here. Come on, MPS. And Joe Allen, go ahead. Come on. I agree with Roger with people that truly have a medical disorder, but it debases them when you we associate these sexual perverts with them. That's we right. Have to, we have to call them sexual perverts, pedophiles, and deviants. And we do. We gotta use the we have to use the technical terms as much as it hurts. Couldn't agree more. Joe Allen. And this a product of destroying a nuclear family. Yes. Yes. And pornography. Pornography, I think. I think pornography is so powerful. So powerful in the mind of a man. So powerful. And and we cannot we cannot uh we cannot ignore if David Arthur was on here, David Arthur would tell us that he was molested as a young boy. And from the time he grew up, he would tell you that. He had his uh, sexual thoughts were perverted because of molestation, right? And I think we would be surprised how much of what we see of homosexuality and the gender confusion and all that stuff is a result of molestation. And it's unbelievable. That's that, natural family, natural yeah. family, not nuclear things. And, and And what? And what we see now that we are trying to tell people that because they've been molested and now they're deviant, that's normal. A lot of people like you. That's because there have been a lot of people who have been molested. Myra, come in, then George. Then I got something I want to show you. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, Coach. Thank you. Deuteronomy 22.5. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Hallelujah. Yes, but our culture is into, uh, what do they call that, sex, uh, uh, where, where men and women wear the same clothes. Our culture is teaching us that, right? Gender bending, gender bending. George, come in. Okay, here, here it is. It's the fluoride in the toothpaste that our government's putting in there, the undisclosed amount from China that they're putting in our water supply that's changing the hormone level in our people, our children for a long, long time. Yes, yes, Satan's involved, but I'm telling you, that's it. Amen. I, that's part of it. It's not just all of it, George. That's not all of it, but that's, that's part of it. I think our DNA, I think, our, I think a lot about our chemical makeup is being changed by our environment. I would agree with that. Uh, why a man would be sexually attracted to a man, I, I don't know, but it's sick, okay? <laughs> I don't know why, but it's sick. George, Georgia, Georgia. You got to unmute, Georgia. Go on. Okay, cool. It gives me I'm time I'm to do sorry. This. I hit that on accident. Okay, go ahead. All right. I don't have anything. I'm sorry. All right. Blessings. Thanks for being there, Georgia. Okay, so go to Jason Whitlock. We saw him yesterday, right? I had him on where he was talking about, uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, come on, help me out. What do we call it? Succession. Thank you. Success, succession. Well, start this for me at the 14-minute mark, and I want you to play at two times speed because it's it's uh, we can hear it at two times speed. Folks, listen. This dude ought to be... <laughs> This he's just so simply nails it, okay. And as I said yesterday, Jason Whitlock is a sports reporter. He's a sports reporter. How can he get it? Go ahead. We are in 2023, and you know what? Everybody should get an abortion. And there's too many people on the planet. And why are you having so many kids? That's selfish. This is a great mindset change that has gone on for the last hundred years, and and we've seen the effects of that. Man has become his own god. And, and anybody that has any understanding of the Bible, understand God is very jealous and he wants you dependent upon him for your survival. These technological advances, this consumerism society doesn't value God for its survival. It values man. And so man has anointed himself God and man is very flawed. He comes into the world with a very sinful nature and, and needs God to actually combat his sinful nature. And so here we are in 2023 and we're going through a reformation, an anti-Christian revolution. And so I, I unpacked all that because I don't want to be misunderstood. But yesterday when I was watching the news accounts about the indictment of Donald Trump and everybody, even CNN, seems to be in agreement that these charges are bogus and, and, and like they're really doing this to a president. These trumped up 34 
charges that it's a joke what Alvin Bragg is doing. I'm like, man, I'm living in a country I just don't recognize. This is they're doing this to an American president. But I unpack all that other stuff. To say, I don't want people to reduce this to just Donald Trump. What I've been experiencing, what many of you have been experiencing probably over the last decade, but in great detail and at an intense level over the last five years, there's almost nothing I recognize about America and what we're mainstreaming and normalizing. Budweiser is putting out a beer can celebrating some little man that thinks he's a woman. And we're affirming that Budweiser, a great American corporation. It's now been sold to someone else, but who cares? This Dylan Mulvaney, who's been, you know, who's friends with Joe Biden, invited to the White House and somehow is this great American because he thinks he's a woman. Really? This is where we are? I don't recognize this. I'm 55. This is not a new normal that I can adjust to. I cannot adjust to this. I'm sorry. And, and well, you're transphobic. Well, I guess that I am. Transphobic wasn't even a word for most of my life. I'd never heard it until the last five, six years. Never heard it. It's like, wow, what kind of America are we in? And then I look, it's not just Trump's indictment, but then I look, I was like, Chicago is a hot mess. It's racked with violence. It, it, it's, it's, it's just not, and again, I lived in Indianapolis, Chicago, one of my best friends lived in the Chicago area. Chicago was a great place that you wanted to go visit. You couldn't really pay me to go spend time in Chicago, leisure time in Chicago now. Not, not this Chicago, under Lori Lightfoot, and now she's being replaced by a guy, Brandon Johnson, who's more progressive, more Marxist, dumber than Lori Lightfoot. This guy really wants to defund the police. He promised that. I'm like, I, I just don't, I don't recognize this. That, that we see a clear problem, the violence in Chicago, the, 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 the chaos in Chicago, the rioting, the looting, the, just the stupidity. of Chicago's not working, it's falling apart. And the system is installing more of the same lunacy. They're doubling down on the craziness that has created all of the chaos. We're not going the right direction. And then in Wisconsin, uh, they just had some vote where the Supreme Court is going to flip now to the progressive side, and this is going to impact abortion laws in Wisconsin, could have an impact on elections, because there's been some election reform in Wisconsin that may all get overturned, and this is a critical swing state. And, And I'm like, things aren't going. There is no blowback or sustained blowback or backlash to all the crazy things that have been wrought by our descent into leftism, into an anti-God culture. It, it's, it's, it seems like this is the direction we're going. It seems like consumerism, it was an, a force of nature that could not be stopped. And this anti-God movement, this Marxist movement, this atheist secular movement in America doesn't seem like it's going to be stopped. America now is hostile to all the values that I use to have success in this world. And, and, there may be leftists watching this that are laughing. Like, Get used to it, buddy. I'm glad, I'm glad this upsets with like, this old man and blah, blah, blah. And, and you're all right. I'm really bothered and confused and, and sometimes just feel like, hey, man, do I really, is this really what I want? This is really what we're going to leave young people? And so I say all that to say my new position on all of this. And, and, and I'm going to play, and I'm sorry for making Royce wait this long. I'm, I'm coming to you here in a second, Royce. This is not an original idea. Rush Limbaugh uh, threw it out shortly before his death that this is the direction we were headed. Uh, but I'm pro-secession. That's the only path forward for those of us that believe in God. We have no common ground with the other side. They believe men can get pregnant and they want to have discussions about that. They believe murdering babies in the womb is an appropriate behavior. They went from, what was it, safe, legal and rare to people out in the streets writhing in pain that want abortion on demand and abortion is just another form of birth control. I don't have common ground with them. I'm never going to have common ground with them. I don't want them to, uh, they don't have to adopt my position. But it's clear as day, they're going to force their positions on me. And so there's this whole conversation about Christian nationalism. And I've seen people debate this. Is Christian nationalism good? Is it bad? Is it bad? I'm a Christian nationalist. I don't want to be in a country that disadvantages believers. And that's where we're at right now in America. We're in a country that disadvantages believers. You atheists out there that are celebrating, celebrate. You have every right. You're winning. And perhaps you've won. But for those of us that are believers, our only path forward is secession. We have to break away from these people. And, and I don't have any animus towards them, but let's divvy it up and, and let's split this country in half, give the atheists their half, and we'll take the other half. And I don't care where it's at. If I, if I got to move to Alaska, I'll move to Alaska. If, if they give us the north and they take the south, they can have hot weather and all that, I'll move to Alaska, Montana, wherever. But we got to split this up. There is no common ground with the non-believers. They're satanic. They don't want a culture or society that has anything to do with God. And as a believer, I, I, can't, I can't go with that. And so <clears throat> I, was even, I was thinking about these Hebrew Israelites. Not Bishop Nathaniel and the, the racist Hebrew Israelites. I'm talking about Pastor Dow and his group that are like, man, I'm moving out to the woods and just doing my own thing. They're not wrong. And I don't care who does, who does or doesn't like it. They're not wrong. You have to separate yourself from these lunatics. Says it in the Bible. It's all in Acts. Come up from out, out from them. Again, can I live out in the woods like Pastor Dow and those NFL players? I can't do it. It's not me. I'm afraid of bugs, afraid of snakes, all of that. But I do want to come out from, from away from these people. Let's split this country up. That's the only solution. Anybody talking about anything else is lying to themselves. And, oh, it's going to go back to normal. No, it's not. There's no peace with these. You can't reason with people that think men can get pregnant. How are you going to reason with them? How are you going to find common ground? It can't be done. They, they want drag queens performing for kids. You can't find common ground with that. They want little teachers talking to little kids, your kids, about sex and sexuality and their gender. You, you can't make peace. You can't find common ground with them. 
Secession's the only answer. Rush Limbaugh said it. Let's play the clip and then let's go to Royce. I've referenced this. I've alluded to this a couple of times because I've seen others allude to this. I actually think that we're trending toward secession. I see more and more people asking, what in the world do we have in common with the people who live in, say, New York? What is there that makes us believe that there is enough of us there to even have a chance at winning New York, especially if you're talking about votes? I see a lot of bloggers. I can't think of names right now. A lot of bloggers have written extensively about how distant and separated and how much more separated our culture is becoming politically and that it can't go on this way. There cannot be a peaceful coexistence of two completely different theories of life, theories of government, theories of how we manage our affairs. We can't be in this dire a conflict without something giving somewhere along the way. And uh, I know there's a sizable and growing sentiment for people who believe that that is where we're headed, whether we want to or not whether we want to go there or not. I myself haven't, haven't, uh, haven't made up my mind. I still haven't given up the idea that we are the majority and that all we have to do is find a way to unite and win. And, and our problem uh, is the fact that there are just so many rhinos, so, so, so many Republicans in the Washington establishment who will do anything to maintain their membership uh, in the establishment because of the perks and the opportunities that are presented for their kids and so forth. Quit betting on politics. Not going to fix it. The, the Republicans aren't going to fix it. It, they're just not. They're cowards. They're in on it. Uniparty. They like the money. They like the privilege. They like being on TV. Not gonna fix it. Anyone that's not talking about, hey, look, we gotta, we gotta go our separate ways from these guys. You can't, can't be done. They think men can be women by just saying it in their heads. No common ground. Royce White, uh, welcome uh, to the show. Okay, good, uh, huh? They think men can be women just by saying it in their head. There is no common ground. Now, let me ask you something. Why can't a pastor get in the pulpit and say what he just said? Boom. Why, why can't they? See, we are losing because we do not have a common message. The Christian message is garbled. It's garbled. You got Joel Osteen. You got T.D. Fakes. You got Joyce Meyer. The message is garbled. And the average person sitting in church doesn't even understand what it means to be a Christian. Not really. Not really. Julie, come in quickly. Yeah, I heard yesterday um, out in California the administrator for the education at that school, whatever. She was trying to tell the male coaches that he could go into the female locker rooms and that they were all boys and they were undressing in front of him. I was like, what in the world? Julie, could they get away with that if the church rose up? No way. No, no. but the church, pardon his pun, is in bed with them. The church is in bed with them. With these sick freaks. George. Here comes a king, here comes a king, here comes the big number one. Budweiser beer, Budweiser beer, the king is second to none. Queen of beers. Our, our king Queen is of coming. Beers. Our king is coming, coach. His name is Jesus. Yep. The alpha male. Boom, baby. Right. Come on, we need some alpha males. I'm with you. I'm with you. Jeff, come in, then Roger. Coach. Myra read that Deuteronomy 22 a little bit ago. Yep. The man wearing the women's clothes. Yep. Well, Pastor Matt recited that at a school board meeting. The uh, Freedom From Religion group come in and they wanted to attack him and sue him. So now all the pastors are scared to death. They're like, oh, don't oh, yeah. Pastor Matt yeah, said. They're, they're sissy men. They're sissy men. Punch them in the nose, they'll run and cry. Roger. So Dave, I think, um, and I don't promote this, but it's like the Crusades. The Catholics kept on putting up with the Muslim expansion, kept on putting up with it, tried to talk to them. There was eventually a huge war to destroy them and push yep. them back. Yep, yep. I, I think Whitlock is indirectly saying that. Um, I don't promote and don't want violence, but at some point there will be a group of believers, Christians, whatever you want to call it, that are going to rise up and there's going to be conflict. It, it, it's inevitable when we are letting this type of transition take place and allowing it. Eventually people get enough. Now they may not be victorious, but there'll be a conflict. Amen. Amen. Amen, folks. Hey, it's, it's a war, whether we want to realize it or not. It is the culture war. Tom or Emma, whichever one it is. Come on in. Are you there, Tom? Go, Tracy.
Tracy, Tom, come on in. Come on yeah, in. I'm here, Coach. Had to wake <laughs> up. Yeah, little lesson from here on the farm. I bet all the Budweiser Clydesdales are geldings. <laughs> they, they've been castrated, but they are still males. Oh, my goodness. Huh? They are not transitioning <laughs> to being a male. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't change the sex that it, that is in you. So, you know, these people are fools. They don't look at the at the law of nature or nature's God. They just change it however they want to change it. They, they want to use science when it's to their advantage, and they don't want to use science when it's not to their advantage. Right. That, that's the way it is, man. That's the way it is. Hey, folks, have a great Easter with your family. That's what it's about, man. Resurrection of Jesus. Huh? That's what it's about. Don't get caught up in the rug. Uh, don't don't get caught up in uh, all the negative stuff's going around. Just celebrate the resurrection of our Savior Sunday morning. Blessings. See you Monday morning.